Back in the day, one of the reasons I got out of the social services business, and for those of you who don't know, I used to be in the profession of social services. I dealt a lot with homeless people and that kind of thing. It became so repetitive. It was just the same thing, day after day after day, with this virtually the same people day after day after day. Yeah, every now and then, you'd get something new, somebody new, something unique, something you hadn't seen before. But as a general rule of thumb, it was the same people with the same problems day after day, month after month, week, year after year. It it got old. And frankly, I knew it was time for me to get out of that business when I was becoming very sarcastic about the whole thing. I got up this morning and I had planned to talk about the Jon Stewart thing, right? You know the Jon Stewart video, right? Jon Stewart's now infamous appearance on another late show, chat show, which is hosted by a screeching holier than now. Trump is the reason for everything bad narcissistic leftist. He went on this show and if you read your headlines, because that's all we read now, uh, it talks about how John Stewart is now advocating for the Wuhan virus conspiracy theory. I was all ready to talk about that. I really was. I, I had a whole show planned on this, and I was was going to explain to you that when you're dealing with people who see themselves as comedians, you have to be careful about what you decide they mean. Just because they say words doesn't necessarily mean that they actually believe that, nor does it necessarily mean that that's what they're actually saying. And after carefully listening to the presentation that Jon Stewart made on whatever show, it was Colbert's show, and I don't even know what show that is. I quit watching late night television when Johnny Carson retired. I really did. I liked a little bit of Letterman, but as a general rule of thumb... Nobody can touch Carson, and thank God uh, the Pluto TV app has a Carson channel. I I literally sit here and watch Johnny Carson shows from back in the 70s, and I enjoy them because nobody is is that good anymore. Anyway, John Stewart was telling Colbert that, again, if you follow the headlines, that the Wuhan virus theory is, is legit. And, of course, this is what's getting shared all over the Internet, all over social media. John Stewart delves into the into the unthinkable, which is funny to me because again I listened to it and and let me give you a little secret, folks. Listen to it first and then watch it because you're going to see two different things. Back in 1960, <clears throat> there was a debate between John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon. I, again, you probably don't care, but people who listened to the debate on the radio thought that Nixon had wiped the floor with Kennedy. People who watched the debate on television thought that Kennedy had just absolutely wiped out Nixon. And since more people had watched it on TV than listened to it, guess what? Well, at any rate, I think you're going to find a similar situation here. If all you do is listen to this, you're going to hear words, but you're not going to see expressions. You're not going to get reactions, you're not going to, none of that stuff that that television and visual stuff brings to you. Now, again, as a fan of the spoken word, as a podcaster, as a radio guy, 
I think it's our job to kind of paint word pictures and, and show you these things. It was pretty obvious to me watching it that John Stewart was not being, what's the word for it? He was not being a hundred percent serious about this. He was, he was entertaining people. He and Colbert make a big deal about being best of friends and loving each other, not in a gay way, not that there's anything wrong with that, but, but that they hadn't seen each other in 15 months. And, and what I saw, I, I hate to draw these comparisons. What I saw was something similar to sailors getting together and giving each other a bunch of, well, and giving each other a ration of shit about stuff. That's what I saw. His words, not as important because what he was saying was stuff that he knew would annoy Colbert. And I've said this before, in my world, in the world of submarines, if people find out something annoys you, believe me, they're going to, they are going to ping on that. I've I've said this before. One of the things that just, it just, I can't even describe to you how much to me it's like fingerboards, fingernails on a chalkboard. And that's people who bite their silverware while they're eating. I just, frankly, I just want to throat punch you. If you do that, you're, you're, you're evil. Well, if they had found out that on the submarine back in the day, guess what would have happened to me the next time I went to the mess decks? Everybody would have been doing it just to annoy me. If they had found out certain things annoy you, they're going to do it. By the way, my wife does this. She bites her silverware. <clears throat> and as annoying as I find it, I, I, I'm happy to report that I have never punched my wife uh, and, and I love her more and more each day. It's the, that's the thing about love and commitment is you, you, learn, to, you learn to accept things. <laughs> At any rate, I wouldn't accept it from you, so don't, don't get any ideas. The, the point is that I, what I saw was totally different than what's being put all over social media. So what, I had this whole show prepared about how I wanted you to be cautious about just believing that John Stewart believes in the Wuhan virus theory, because I don't think he does. It might be my opinion. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. But what I saw on an entertainment late night comedy show was an act, an act designed to elicit responses and entertain and make people enjoy themselves after 15 months of, of lockdowns and the likes of that. And, you know, John Stewart has this eye thing that he does that <laughs> you know when he's kidding. And he does that a lot in this. So all I'm saying is I would be very cautious about doing that. Now, that said, the funny part about all this is, of course, the – I don't know what to call them. I, I don't I, – I, I know the people who write them politically lean left, but they're pretty good science blogs for the most part. They, generally speaking, keep their politics out of it. Not always, but generally speaking, and that, which is why I read them. But <laughs> I had a couple of them over the last couple of days, which is what prompted me to talk about it. Really write articles just eviscerating John Stewart's position on the Wuhan virus, which tells me that they didn't watch it either. They didn't, they didn't actually, all they did was read a transcript of what he said and react to that without actually watching it because had they watched it, they would have been writing about how he was trolling the political right and making fun of you. So our whole argument 
has been reduced to nobody's actually paying attention to what's going on. Nobody's actually watching this. Nobody's actually really listening to it. We're just reacting to what we want to hear, what we, what we think someone said, which of course, I guess that's human nature. We've been doing that for a long time, but it is pretty dangerous if you think about it. If all I did was react to words without context, I'd be, all I'd be is pissed off all the time. If all I did was react and, I don't know, like or dislike something based on my personal you know, biases combined with a lack of context of what somebody said, good Lord, people, do, do you realize how crappy life would be? One of the worst experiences of my life. I, I mean, most of you know I used to be a pastor. I hated it. And one of the moments that caused me to hate it was we were getting ready for an Easter thing. We were getting ready for a Good Friday service. And our particular little church, CORE, C-O-R-P-S, uh, was getting ready to – I was in the Salvation Army, sorry. Uh, was getting ready to, to perform at the Good Friday service. And it wasn't going well. So the Sunday before, they were having rehearsals all afternoon, and I was there. And at any rate, the choir director came to me, and in the corner of the chapel was talking to me about, behind the door, was talking about, we need, we need to have more rehearsals. And we we, we got to practice this again. We're no, there's no way we're going to be ready. When can we do this? And we had one particular singer in our choir who was a student at a college there in downtown Atlanta. And we were, I don't know, 20 miles away from there. And if you know anything about Atlanta traffic, you know that it's a nightmare getting in and out of there. So what I said was, well, I don't know. This person's the problem. Meaning, very clearly, the, the choir director understood exactly what I said. Getting that person to and from the rehearsal was going to be the issue. Unbeknownst to me, that person was standing on the other side of the door and heard me say that they were the problem. And within 10 minutes, without any context, without any discussion, without anybody asking, without ever seeing what we were talking about or hearing the entire discussion, um, as you can imagine, my life was a living hell because I had dared to say that this person, who, by the way, couldn't really sing, uh, was the problem. When all I meant was getting to and from the rehearsals was going to be the problem. And everybody that was actually involved in the conversation knew that. You have to be careful about how you interpret conversations. You have to be careful about how you like, dislike them, especially when you're dealing with comedians who do not like you. Do you understand that? Jon Stewart does not like you. He does not agree with you politically. He does not like you. And why in the world would, would you think that he's going to go on Stephen Colbert's show, someone he admits is his best friend, whom they love each other, not like a gay guy, not there's anything wrong with that, but why would you think he would go on there and say something designed to make you happy? I would be very cautious about that. That's all I was going to say, which now I've said, until I got up this morning and <laughs> turned on my local news. And I don't even know where to begin. I, 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 my news is full of this summit reaction. Putin and 
Joe Biden had their had their summit, which was three hours long. I don't know if you knew that or not. It was three hours long, and this was quote shorter than expected. I, I, I okay. I mean, I'm used to summits that are days long, but but this one was shorter than expected. I I can't even imagine sitting in a room with two politicians for three hours. That that would I yeah. I'd have to hit myself over the head with sticks. I mean, I understand that Putin and Biden probably have things to talk about. But again, what are they going to talk about for four or five, six hours that their diplomats and lower level folks haven't already handled? That said, this summit was shorter than expected. However, there was a quote from this that just, I literally was sitting here. I mean, I was seconds from pushing the record button to talk about Jon Stewart and why you shouldn't be all that excited about what he said when I heard these words. Biden told Putin that certain cyber attacks are off limits. And I went, what? Biden told Putin that certain cyber attacks are off limits. Now, this sent me off and, of course, looking for news stories about what did he say and why did he say it? Well, it turns out that there are 16 areas of infrastructure which the United States government has determined are critical infrastructure. And we're concerned about cyber attacks on those 16 areas of our infrastructure. So Joe Biden told Putin, are you following me here? Joe Biden told Vladimir Putin, the, I'm just going to say what he is, the dictator of, of the Soviet Union, Russia, that these 16 areas are, quote, off limits to cyber attacks. That's right. The president of the United States, who has been officially nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. I don't know if you knew that or not. Joe Biden has been nominated for Nobel Peace Prize, not because he's actually done anything, uh, b- b- technically because he's not Trump. And the person that nominated him actually pretty much said that he didn't use those words. He basically said, well, it's been a better six months and we expect the next four years to be much better than the previous four years. Things will go better. And so we have actually nominated Joe Biden for a Nobel Peace Prize, which again, the Nobel Peace Prize might be the most meaningless prize. I, I used to think it was the president's trophy in the NHL, but the president's trophy goes to the team that wins, quote unquote, the regular season, the best team in the regular season, which almost invariably, because the way the playoffs are set up in the NHL, never wins the championship. In the 33 years that they've been presenting the President's Trophy, 34 years now, only eight teams have ever won the, eight winners of the President's Trophy have ever won the NHL Stanley Cup. It's meaningless. The Nobel Peace Prize may be worse than that. At any rate, the President of the United States informed the erstwhile President of the Soviet Union, the Russians, that these 16 areas are now off limits to cyber attacks. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's what he he, he told them that. He, he said these, these areas are now off limits. Last week we talked about Kim Jong-un getting mad about K-pop music and K-movies and Korean pop culture destroying his own regime. And he plans to end that stuff or ban that stuff because that way he'll protect his regime and it won't come down like a crumbling wall. Rod and Bill and I were joking about the fact that, well, (laughs) stand by for a K-pop explosion because that's what's going to happen. You tell somebody they can't do something, and in the words of Tom Sawyer, nothing makes a feller want something more powerful than telling him he can't have it. President of the United States, in a summit that was shorter than expected, with the president, dictator, whatever, for life of the Soviet Union, the KGB guy, said, hey, these 16 areas are critical to us and are hereby off limits. I present to you your Nobel Peace Prize nominee president for the, of the United States, a man who literally, literally, is dumber than dirt. But hey, no more mean tweets, right? <laughs>